as Lynn has done so often, and I've kind of, you know, she's my mentor as far as speaking and stuff. So she always does this reiteration, I think that's what you call it, when, you know, the, the, all the points start with the same letter. So we're going to look at repeat, repent, and relent in Jonah 3. Right off the bat, we see the Lord repeating his word. It says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. And we know our God is a God of second chances. We, we've even studied some of those, if you did that optional, that asked that question. And in chapter 3, we see Jonah getting a second chance, a repeat. Well, Matthew Henry comments that after he has been thrown into the sea and then thrown out of it again, God comes and asks him, Jonah, will you go to Nineveh now? God will bring the disobedient, stubborn child to his foot at last. In fact, we know that in the end, we are told that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. When God has disciplined us or allowed the consequences for our choices to overtake us and delivered us out of the trial, we must hear his voice and return to the duties we ran away from. We must obey that call. I told my group last week about a, a situation that I found myself in. I was driving uh, every day to work, and there was a, a fortune teller that had opened up shop um, on one of the storefronts. And one day, just as loud as it could be in my ear, uh, the Lord said, go talk to her. And I was like, who said that? I'm leaving. I'm just keep driving to work. And then the next day, it was the same thing. I kept hearing this, go talk to her. And uh, I didn't listen. I ran. I went the, wrong, the other way to work. I uh, made a plan. Lord, if, there's, if, the, if the, red, the light's red when I should leave and you know, go to the street to her, her shop, then I'll stop. But then I just sped up and went right through the yellow light. So... <laughs> Uh, I ran, I avoided the street, but he was relentless. He repeated the call on a daily basis until I finally made contact. And the words were simple. All he wanted me to say was, God wants you to talk to him. The lady had all kinds of excuses. She wanted to sign me up for some readings and all that kind of stuff. And I just kept repeating what he said. No, God wants you to talk to him. I don't know what I was afraid of, and I really don't know why I didn't want to tell her. I didn't have to suffer any consequences, but the shame and the guilt that I felt those weeks when I didn't go, that, that was enough. I didn't want to run from the Lord after that. And I was telling them, um, this was years ago, and the last time I was going down that street, because I don't go there that much anymore, that shop was gone. And so, you know, the Lord had a, a plan. Hopefully she talked to him. Well, some scholars um, would say that the language of Jonah 2, this, this prayer that we studied last week, makes a case for the fact that Jonah actually suffered death. And if not, he did come close and had a near-death experience. When I first came to Living Truth, I met Marie Turney, um, a woman that's on fire for the Lord. She will witness to anyone who will lend an ear. 
like God, Marie does not want anyone to perish. And Marie's husband has quite a story. You can watch it on YouTube at Seven Minutes in Hell, and you, you write out the word seven. David Turney died. He was gone for seven minutes and then revived back to life after a heart attack. He experienced what his eternity would be. And when he asked God how he could change that and never go back to that horrible place, God answered him with these four simple words, get to know me. Well, I recently spoke with Marie about his experience, and we talked about how some people need to hear not only about the love of God, but about the wrath of God, about his coming judgment and hell. That was the message that Jonah was to proclaim. Jonah might have experienced just a taste of the wrath to come as he was banished from God's sight, his head tangled in seaweed and sinking to the roots of the mountains. He felt imprisoned in the deep, and his life was ebbing away. My question is this. Do you think that he had a sense of Nineveh's eternity in that place? Jonah may not have died and been resurrected, but he certainly died to self and was reconciled to God. Greg Haslam, in his book, The Jonah Complex, Rediscovering the Outrageous Grace of God, says only people who have died to self and lived again can proclaim life to others. Matthew Henry states that the word of the Lord comes to Jonah again to show that when God forgives, he forgets. And whom he forgives, he gives a new heart and a new spirit. He receives those into his family again and restores them to their former estate. In other words, he pours out his outrageous grace on us over and over again. But according to an old saying that I'm sure you've heard, those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat their mistakes. That is the other facet of repeat. And it's only when we receive and submit to that new heart and God's spirit that we will not repeat our mistakes. I have a little story. Um, years ago, we had a really fast ski boat. We loved going out camping and water skiing at Lake Mojave. We would go out on the lake, find a cove, and set up tent, tents and you know, be there for the whole weekend. But our boat was very low in the water, and we had to take all our gear with us, you know, tents, sleeping bags, food, ice chests, you know, the whole thing. Um, and since our boat was big on engine, I mean, it was really fast boat, so I had a big engine, um, and short on space, we had to pack as light as possible, but it was stuffed full. One Friday, late afternoon, after work, we got to our cove and we set up camp. But the next morning, we woke up to heavy winds, and they just... All, all weekend, they blew. It was a miserable trip. Um, we couldn't wait to leave. But the waves were ginormous. That's my, my grandson's word. And we didn't think our boat would make it. It was too low in the water. But finally, I mean, we had to get home for work. Late Sunday afternoon, we decided to make a break for it and take our chances. 
Long story short, we were riding high on a wave. In fact, it felt like surfing. I was like, woo, this is fun. And the next minute, we were sinking. The wave crushed or crashed in, down, you know, drowned the engine, and the next wave took us under. The wave actually almost pulled me out of the boat. It was scary. It took a long time to get help, but we were hauled back to the dock, and the mechanic went to work on the engine, you know, hoping to save the, the boat. And they said that if they pickled the engine, they could save it. So whatever that meant, we just said, okay, do it. So they did it. They sent us on our way, and we thought all was well. The boat looked fine. The engine had run, and we thought we were set. Even the gas tanks were still full. Unfortunately, they were not full of the right thing. Gas had leaked out, and water had leaked in. In fact, looking inside the gas tank, you couldn't tell because gas floats on water. Well, the next time we took the boat out, it got us to our campsite, but it never started back up again. We were not running on the right fuel. So we had no power, and we actually ruined the engine. So why do I tell you this story? Well, not only because it did feel like a near-death experience when I got pulled out of the boat and we were sinking, but even though we thought we had redeemed the engine, we were not under the influence of the right fuel. We can say we know God, we can go to church, even serve in church, but if we haven't been filled with God's Spirit and been given a new heart, we are not being empowered by God. We had another miserable weekend, repeating the one before, because we didn't make sure we had the right fuel. Well, we don't hear any more about Jonah, but I would wager to say he never repeated running from God. We see his heart changed, and he was empowered to go to Nineveh with God's message. I believe Jonah had repented. And that brings us to our second R, repent. In the dictionary, this was a little bit new to me because I always think of repent as, you know, turn around, do the 180, going this way, you go the other way. It said to turn from sin and dedicate yourself to the amendment of one's life. I like that word dedicate. That means you concentrate on it and practice it and make it a habit, right? Well, Jonah turned back from running and obeyed God. He went to Nineveh. And it was a turn or burn message, right? I've tried that before. It doesn't make you the most popular gal in the room. (laughs) But here in verse 5 is a most amazing miracle. The Ninevites believed God. That is amazing. How many of you would like to be that successful in your witness? Was Jonah that great of speaker? Or had God already prepared the hearts of the Ninevites? We don't know how long it took Jonah to get to Nineveh because we don't know where that life-saving fish spit him out. But if it were me, I would have been praying for my safety. I would have been praying that the Ninevites didn't kill me. And that they would heed the words that God gave me. And most of all, that God would go before me and prepare their hearts. The Ninevites believed God. 
Last night as I was going home from church, um, Philip DeCourcy was preaching on Jonah 3. And he said that the estimated population was 600,000 people. You know, in Acts, we get that account of 3,000 people coming to the Lord, and we're just so amazed. This is probably the most amazing miracle in the Bible. It's, it's crazy to think of that many people. But not only did they believe, but it looks like they dedicated themselves to amend their ways. The king declared a fast, a wearing of sackcloth, which indicates that they were mourning their sin. And I was reminded of the beatitude we studied, blessed is, are those who mourn. We learned that God's favor rests on those who mourn and that it's the Holy Spirit who convicts us of our sin and causes us to mourn. Just believing is not enough, though. Remember Dave Turney's experience and those four little words, get to know me? Well, the king of Nineveh also declared that the people were to call urgently on God, communicate with him, build a relationship with him, I wonder if Jonah was able to share his story with any of the Ninevites. Do you think if he told them how God heard his cries from the deep and sent this great fish to rescue him and gave him a second chance, that it would cause them to trust God and call out to him on their own behalf? I do. Do you think if you were to tell your story to your sister, or your brother, your neighbor, a coworker, that it would cause them to call out to God in their time of need. It might have been instantaneous. We don't know. But it might have taken 39 days. We aren't told, but they believed. I know it took six long years for the gospel to reach my cold heart. But my friend was relentless. She never gave up, and neither did God. I want to challenge you to plant a seed, to share your story, to shine the light, and then wait and see what God will do. And that brings us to our third R, relent. The dictionary defines this as to become less severe or harsh, usually from reasons of humanity, well, God is not human, so I think what he was doing, he relented for humanity. We know that God so loved the world, the whole of humanity, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. In Jonah 3.10, it says, When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Well, does that mean God changed his mind? No. <laughs> there are a lot of if and then kinds of verses in the Bible. The Lord is a covenant God, and he keeps his covenants and his promises. Speaking to his chosen ones in Exodus 19.5, he says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then, out of all nations, you will be my treasured possessions. Deuteronomy 7.12, he says, If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, 
then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. And then often quoted and very applicable for our story here. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is almost verbatim what the king of Nineveh proclaimed to his people, and God relented. The threat proclaimed by Jonah, 40 more days and Nineveh will be destroyed, has an implied if. If you keep up your evil ways and violence, then you will be destroyed. But they didn't. They didn't keep up their evil ways, and God once again shows his outrageous grace by relenting. The people renounced their evil ways, amended their lives, called out to God, and believed. And God is faithful. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. They knew. He is faithful. He is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. Unfortunately, we're going to be setting Nahum, and we're going to see that the Ninevites did not keep this covenant themselves. With, but this generation believed and were saved. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, He is the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. You know, we're studying Jonah, and we're learning a lot about Nineveh, but this is a story of God's outrageous grace and relentless love. He is righteous and just. He is full of mercy, kindness, and grace. If you love him, then tell someone. Don't make God repeat himself when he calls. And learn from your mistakes. Don't repeat them. Repent. Dedicate yourself daily to amend your life and follow him. Lynn's favorite verse that she shares often, Luke 9.23, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Give God every reason to prove his relentless love. Father, I thank you so much for each lady here. I thank you as we go into groups, just continuing to teach us through your spirit, Father, and by the work that the ladies have done on their own. Father, I pray that you would just continue to bless this um, ministry, that you would continue to bless the women's ministry of our church. You would bless this church. And, Father, that we would be a people that told our story to everyone who would lend an ear. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.